0: Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening.
1: Good morning. Welcome to our Sunday service.
0: Good morning, everybody. My goodness, what a beautiful weekend we've had. I really hope that everybody is enjoying it and trying to get outside and see God's nature. And thank you for being with us this morning.
1: Get out and do something fun today or tomorrow. I know it's going to be beautiful weather. So we're going to have a great time today. I want you to turn over to James chapter 1. We'll get there in just a moment. But I've got a question, as I often do when I begin my messages. How many of you find life just a little bit challenging. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to raise your hands, and I'm going to be looking. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So, here's the deal. If your hand is not up, then either you're lying or you're very young. Because we all have challenges. In fact, you know, it's funny. Our challenges start right away in life. Out of the womb, you get slapped. Right. And then it continues for the rest of your life. (laughs) We all face challenges. And as teens, you face a lot of challenges. You've got peer pressure you've got school pressure it's a very crucial time in your life because up until your teen years you've been taught right from wrong and now you've got to act on it right and at this point in your life you've heard about jesus but you're deciding right now for yourselves do i really believe this right now then you get onto campus you've got your own peer pressures and things are ramped up a little bit now because there's bigger temptations yeah. and there's bigger challenges and there's bigger consequences. You've got career pressure and relationship challenges and finances becomes a really big reality at this stage yeah. of your life and we know that creates a lot of pressure as well. Yeah. And then, of course, we get beyond campus and you've got job challenges and your own finances and, yes. and maybe marriage and, and family concerns and then health issues and then maybe you buy a house and you've got home ownership issues. and the list is just endless yep. but the bottom line is no matter what it is stuff happens in life and life's not always easy no. and when it becomes a real mess usually it's because of of one of these two reasons and i'm going to tell you oftentimes it's both things just happen to you right right so there's a lot that's beyond your control we see that right now and maybe there were situations you were in or put in maybe the wrong place at the wrong time and. Right. You didn't have the ability to change your circumstances, and you were blindsided by it. And you know what that does? It can create in you an anger, yeah. or a fear, or a bitterness, or a frustration. And so you can feel discouraged, mm-hmm. and fragmented, and, and damaged, and trapped, and helpless. But there's also times that we bring our own challenges on, things that we bring on ourselves. And right. it can be any sin that you normally walk into be pride or rebellion or irresponsibility or dishonesty yeah. or deceit. And you end up yeah. feeling the same. Discouraged, fragmented, damaged, mm. trapped, and hopeless. Mm. And it doesn't really matter how you got there, either way, you can end up in that hole. Right. But God has a way out. We're all being tested yes. these days. We're seeing a testing of our faith, of our convictions, of our patience, a testing of our perseverance, our compassion, our surrender, our trust. And really, every part of our discipleship Mm. and our lordship is being tested right now. And I've often wondered these past few months, what is God doing? Mm -hmm. Why is he doing it? And why is he doing so much of it? And to be honest with you, I don't have the answer. Right. But if we really believe that God is sovereign over all things, then we have to just be resigned to the fact that it's for a reason. Right. Yeah. But that's the tricky part, isn't it? It's the reason. Mm. And we may never know all the reasons why God does what he does. And, it, you know, it might just be as simple as when a parent says, because I say so, that's why. God's like the parent saying, because I say so, that's why. Mm. And that should be good enough for us, right, as God's children. But it's still tough. It's still a challenge. Yeah. And maybe this is part of that that mystery of God. But we know enough about God to know that no matter what's going on, he loves us. Right. And he wants us to know who he is and trust him and, and lean on him and mature in him. Mm-hmm. Now, look at what James says. This is chapter one, beginning with me in verse two. Consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, if any of you lacks wisdom I believe that God is saying, grow, mature, gain in your wisdom Mm. and your confidence and your security, build up that foundation of yours, Mm -hmm. dig those roots a little deeper. We're not done with trials, are we? If we've learned anything this year, it's that we never know what's around the corner. And so we need to be standing on solid ground, not being tossed around. That solid ground, that that foundation can only be in Christ because nothing else will hold up. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about our identity in Christ, that as Christians, we are deeply rooted in Christ, that we really should be one with Christ. And so for the next couple of months, we're going to dig deeper into that. We're going to spend our Sundays looking specifically at Jesus's life, Amen. and our connection with it. It's what we need the most right now Mm -hmm. because it's what gets you out of that hole and it keeps you out and it gives you hope and it keeps you moving forward. That's why we need Jesus.
0: Right. You know, I I was thinking about this when Jeff shared with me what he was gonna do his message on and when we discussed uh, together and as a leadership team just what we wanted to see be taught on a Sunday, Um, this concept of how much we really need Jesus. We all always need to stop and reflect on why we need Jesus. So Mm -hmm. I stopped and I thought, you know, and I talked to Jeff, you know, why do I need Jesus? You know, and I thought of many things, but here's a few. Mm. You know, he is an anchor for my soul. He guides me back to where I need to be when my emotions want to lead me astray. He is my sounding board in troubling times. When I feel uncertain or I feel unsure or I'm afraid or I'm confused, I just, I've got to go to Jesus. Mm. I need Jesus because he keeps my heart soft. When I want to maybe compare myself to others, I I can compare myself to him and that will always soften my heart. Mm. You know, Jesus gives me the strength and the motivation to keep going on my journey of faith, especially when I feel alone or I feel like giving up. You know, I need Jesus for those times when I feel like nobody can relate to my situation, but I know he can Mm -hmm. and that he cares deeply for me. You know, I need Jesus because I need to be led. I need to be guided. Mm -hmm. I need to be taught. I need to be shepherded and I need to feel loved and Mm -hmm. comforted. You know, I need Jesus to be the overseer of my soul. Mm -hmm. We never stop needing Jesus. That's our life as disciples. Yeah. And maybe think of a Psalm I wanna read because there's many times I'll be, I'll wake up early in the morning or I'll wake up in the middle of the night because something is on my mind and my heart and Jesus is who I go to. In Psalm 63 says in verse three, and I'm gonna add a little something in there. It says, because your love, Jesus, is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, Jesus, I will lift up my hands. Mm. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you, Jesus. On my bed, Jesus, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you, Jesus. Your right hand upholds me.
1: Amen. You know, for me, it's it's knowing firsthand that, that God has picked me up. Yeah. And that God has rescued me. That's the hope that we have in Jesus. Yeah. And there's amazing power in this thing we call hope. It causes us to get up again and again yeah. after we fall. Yeah, and we have hope that, hey, maybe one day I won't fall quite so much. Yeah. <laughs> it causes us to believe when we feel that we've lost our, our faith or our vision. We have hope that, that God will restore my faith yes. and my vision yes that's what we find in christ let father we love you so much thank you for jesus and that rock that foundation that we can build on it gives us vision and gives us hope father we would be nothing without jesus we would be lost we'd be trapped we'd be in a place of, of of utter discouragement for eternity but we don't have to live there you've given us a way out thank you so much for jesus i look forward to our study In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Okay, so let's talk about hope for a little bit here. What is hope, anyway? It's a favorable, confident expectation that you know something good is going to happen. You may not know when. You may not know how. But you just know that it will. Hope is very much a cousin to faith. We know from Hebrews chapter 11 and 1 that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We have faith because we have hope and we have hope because we have faith. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 reads as this, and you can just listen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, where did we get that? From Jesus, right? From that foundation in Christ. Our God is a God of hope. And we're going to take a look at four things that gives us hope here this morning. Go ahead and turn over to Luke chapter 5. And the first thing we're going to talk about is help. We all need help, right? God gave us a relationship with each other. And that's what the body of Christ is so that we can help each other. We can help each other to get to heaven. We can help each other to live as disciples while we're here on this planet. Uh, Luke chapter 5, we're going to begin here in verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friends, your sins are forgiven. Now, the the story goes on to say that he not only forgave sins, but he also healed that man. That man is not unlike every person out there because at some point in your life, you've been paralyzed. You might be there right now. And look, it might not be physically paralyzed, but I think what could be more common for us is emotionally paralyzed, maybe even spiritually paralyzed. It could be something from the past. It could be something from the present. There's a lot going on right now that, that might put you in a state of paralysis. And you know what? It might be something still to come. Remember what we said earlier, we don't know what's right around the corner. But either way, we have, or you will feel paralyzed. And that can be devastating. And we can, and we often do one of two things. We either become overwhelmed and we retreat into a cave and we get stuck there. And we allow ourselves to become negative and bitter, even cynical toward God. And we can be totally shut down while we're in that cave. And we just, we sit there, sit there in our, in our misery, being miserable. And you're not going to change there. You're not going to grow there. And then we wonder why when we get older that we've turned into such a cynic and nobody wants to be there. Or we can decide that that's not going to be the case. That we're going to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit to to give us hope. And you're going to scream at the top of your lungs if you need to. And you're going to invite people into your life to help you, which they will. And you're going to park yourself right in front of of Jesus. And you're going to deal with the things that you need to deal with, the things that are paralyzing you. And while that first step may be just knowing that you have issues, that that second step has got to be getting some help. And you know what? The moment you do that, hope kicks in and the power of the Holy Spirit kicks in and things change for you. And they change for everybody else around you because when you're miserable when you're when you're stuck when you're paralyzed it's not just you that's affected it's all the people that love you they they care for you they they don't want to see you in that place they want to see you in a better place and they'll be in a better place that that healing that we just read about was not just for him although he was probably the one that benefited most from it but everybody in that room gained We go on a little further down in verse 25. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Now listen here. Everyone was amazed and they gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and they said, we've seen remarkable things today. So just seeing this man healed did so much for them. It's like, oh my gosh, look at what God has done. Maybe they weren't quite so amazed prior to that. But now they were amazed. They saw firsthand what Jesus can do. Your reaching out and getting help encourages everyone as we all see the power of God at work. The second thing, opportunity gives us hope. Look in John chapter one. And uh, we're gonna read a a somewhat familiar story to a lot of us. Uh, And it's about a man uh, named Nathaniel. And uh, he, he's got some really good things going for him when he meets Jesus. Check this out, beginning in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel, and he told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Well, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, Well, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, Well, you believe because I... I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but you'll see greater things than that. And then he added, very truly, I tell you, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's a lot. That's a mouthful right there. What vision was Nathanael originally not getting? I mean, talk about being cynical, right? Look at verse 46. Can anything good be? come from there. I mean, I would say he was quite cynical at that point. This was a a comment on the reflection of his heart. His heart was speaking. And what was it saying? I think it was showing how bitter he was with life, that he was not a happy man. This was not the life he wanted. He He was missing something. He's sitting under that tree, looking for answers, looking for direction, looking for meaning, looking for purpose, looking for hope. And what does Jesus tell him? He says, look, Nate, instead of wasting your time sitting on your tuckus under that tree, get up and do something. The doors of opportunity are open wide for you. What are you waiting for? Get up, follow me, see and do greater things than you've ever imagined. And right there, Jesus gives him hope that his life would matter. Look at your own life. Is it what you want? Now, it's so great. I'm not here to say you've got a terrible life. If the life you're living right now is the life you want, it was the life you dreamed of, you're, you're doing all the things you would hope to be doing at this stage of your life, amen. But what if it's not? What if you're not really where you want to be? See the opportunities that God has for you. See hope in these opportunities, because in Christ, there's always hope, always hope. You can build an amazing life with a foundation built on Christ. Your morals, your focus, your your integrity, Your direction. I mean, this can be a life that you're really going to get something out of. That at the end of the day, whatever that day is, you can look back and say, Oh my gosh, this life I had in Christ was amazing. I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Do you know what? It goes beyond just the however many years you get to live here. Because not only can you have a life that, that gives you hope, but in Christ, as disciples, we also can live a life that, that gives other people hope. Many careers change lives, and they're awesome. Healthcare, doctors, nurses, any kind of healthcare professional changes lives. Education, teachers, they change lives. Careers in technology changes lives. But you know, for, for all of their value and all of their worth, at the end of the day, guess what? people still die, maybe apart from God. But you, as a, as a follower of Jesus, you have the opportunity, no matter what profession you find yourself in, to give lasting hope to people. Because we follow Jesus. And we live our lives with, with, with Jesus as Lord and we share that with other people. And there's no greater impact than sharing Jesus with somebody else. The promises of God, that also gives us hope. Look in Hebrews chapter 6. You know, people often make empty promises, don't they? Sometimes they do it knowingly. So we're in an election year, right? So there's a lot of politicians right now making a lot of promises. The key is, let's see where we are whenever they get elected. Because sometimes those promises that are made early on don't really pan out to be the reality a little bit later on. People make a lot of promises. Sometimes they have all good intentions. People in general, maybe they're, they're just, you know, careless when they make a promise. And it's something that they really can't come through with, even though they, they thought at the moment they, they could. But I'm so thankful that God's not like that. God doesn't make careless promises, and God doesn't make promises that He has no intention of ever keeping. God always keeps his word. Look at Hebrews Hebrews six, beginning of verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, "I will surely bless you and give you many descendants." And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by something greater than themselves, and the oath confirms it with what was said, and it puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, for Abraham, there was was no better hope than the certainty of a promise. It's an anchor for the the soul. I mean, picture a a ship during a storm, right? It drops anchor. It's safe, it's secure. Even though it's rocked by the waves, it stays upright. The anchor keeps it steady, keeps it afloat. This, This promise that we have from God, this promise of hope, is acting like an anchor for you right now. It keeps you steady through the storms. There's a promise of deliverance, of mercy, of strength, of comfort, of peace, safety, guidance, wisdom, ultimately salvation. These are promises that you can count on. These will give you hope. And lastly, endurance is inspired by hope. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We may very well struggle through life. That's a fact. Nobody ever promised that this life would be easy. And if they promised you that even a life in Christ would be easy, They lie to you. Maybe not knowingly, but they lie to you. Now, Jesus did promise that the life we have can be great. But let's face it. Satan is not backing down anytime soon. In fact, I believe he might be picking up speed. But you know what I said to that? That's okay. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. I'm not budging in my faith. I'm not moving in my convictions. And I'm not... Giving up on hope. I know what I know, and I know what I have. And my hope in God inspires me to endure anything. Help, opportunity, promises, endurance. That's hope. And as Paul says in Romans 5, hope does not disappoint, but in fact, it encourages. I hope you're encouraged by the hope that we have in Christ. And I hope you'll be encouraged as we go through the next couple of months, studying out the the different parts of Jesus and and how we can emulate that. That your faith and your trust will grow. That your foundation will be solid. And that you will always have hope. Why Jesus? Because of that hope. Amen. Thanks.
0: This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.